Hello and welcome to the Life After Blindness podcast. I am your host, Tim Schwartz, and I want to thank you so much for joining me. Coming up on the show this week, I'll be talking with Maria Johnson from GirlGoneBlind.com about all the most recent news out of the blind and visually impaired community. Coming off the back of the last episode where I spoke with Derek Daniel from LifeAfterSightLoss.com about Apple's fall event announcements, I'll be talking with Maria about iOS 13 and what it means for those of us who are blind and visually impaired and use VoiceOver or Braille or other accessibility tools within our iPhones and iPads. We'll also be talking about the news surrounding Domino's Pizza and the lawsuit that they are facing and the fact that they will be taking their case to the Supreme Court here very, very soon. So we'll talk about that. We'll also talk about new partnerships coming from Be My Eyes as well as Ira and recent announcements that they have made about their product. Don't forget, if you have questions or comments for me about the show or anything else, you can email me. Send those emails to tim at lifeafterblindness.com. You can also check me out on social media. Just look for me on Twitter and Facebook at Labcast. That's L-A-B-C-A-S-T. So what do you say? Let's get right into it then and get into this week's news. And as I mentioned earlier, I have a special guest joining me to talk through the news this week from girlgoneblind.com. I'm joined by the talented, the wonderful, the lovely Maria Johnson. Maria, welcome back to Life After Blindness. Hi, Tim. Well, what a beautiful introduction. I, I'm flattered and it's great to be here. How are you? <laughs> I am doing well. It's nice to be back doing the show regularly again and getting the gang back together as it were having Derek Daniel on last week, having yourself on this week. It's, uh, it's nice to be podcasting and, and back in, in the everyday you know, scheme of things. I agree. When you emailed me and said, hey, you know, would you be up for podcasting? And I haven't podcasted in quite some time myself. So I was all in. So really, really happy to be here. Awesome. Well, like I said, I'm happy to have you here. It's, it's always nice to talk to somebody else about the news. I can go through it, you know, item by item by myself and, and put it out there, but it's nice to get some, some other opinions about things and really be able to talk through what's going on. So without further ado, let's jump right into it. Then we have a few things that I want to talk about. Some of these things have been in the news for a little while, but I have reasons for wanting to revisit them that we'll go into as we go along here. So let's start with the most recent thing that's been going on, and that is the release of iOS 13. So coming off of my discussion with Derek Daniel last week from Life After Sight Loss, where Derek and I talked about all the hardware announcements and some of the service announcements that came from the Apple event uh, this past week, where they talked about the new iPhones, with iPhone 11, a new iPad, Apple Watch, and then talked more about their TV Plus service and their Apple Arcade service. We had a nice chat about that. So anybody that didn't catch that, you can go back and listen to last week's episode to hear myself and Derek talk about that. But this week, just yesterday, they have released iOS 13, and this is important, this is big, and I want to talk about this because, Maria, there are so many things in here that I really truly think are helpful for people that are blind and visually impaired. And to me, one of the more exciting things is that we can finally go in and customize 
not just the swipe gestures, you know, the gestures you use on the phone with voiceover, but also keyboard commands if you're using an external or Bluetooth keyboard. If you're using a Braille input type device, you can change the commands that you use for that. And you can go in and customize these, not even to just existing gestures, but even new gestures that we never even thought about using before from one to four fingers, either tapping and single, double, triple, quadruple tapping, swiping, all kinds of different things that you could think of we can now customize in iOS. I think that that can be so advantageous to some folks who simply need to change some things up to make the gestures work better for them. Um, There's a lot of gestures out there and I have to admit, I don't, probably even use half of them. Uh, sometimes I discover them on accident by like doing something on my phone and all of a sudden it's, it's doing something new and it was because I, I did a gesture I didn't even know I was doing. But um, the, the fact that you can customize them for various reasons, um, one being maybe fine motor skills. Uh, maybe uh, I have a friend who had you know traumatic brain injury, and although he lost his vision from that, he's never quite gotten his um, fine motor skills back in his hands. So being able to um, maybe customize the gestures so they work better for him, you know, would be fantastic. And I think. Um, you and I talked briefly before we got on uh, the podcast, but we talked about the rotor and the rotor is, you know, the rotor is a magical little thing. It also is very mysterious to some people, but yes, it, is. It, it does take, you know, a, a twisting, turning the knob type of gesture, which for some folks, be it fine motor skills, arthritis, um, whatever it might be besides vision loss, you know, maybe a little difficult to do. Um, and, that can be customized as well. And you mentioned that you had kind of played around with it a little bit um, on your own phone and found, you know, some interesting things that you're able to do with it. I did. That's actually one of my favorite ones to tell people about because I hear so many different people say, oh, that rotor, the dexterity gymnastics that I have to do to make that work. Even if you don't have a fine motor skill issue or, or something like that, 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 that prevents you from using the rotor properly. It's sometimes for some people, just not the easiest gesture to perform. I've never really had a problem with it once I learned it and found a way to make it work for me. But I've been telling a lot of people, if you have trouble using the rotor to turn that knob, as you said, to get to you know, words, characters, headings, you know, whatever it is that you're twisting it to get to, you know, all the different things you can set in that rotor, I've actually told people you can set it to anything you like, but I think what'll be popular is maybe do a two finger swipe left to rotor left and then a two finger swipe right to rotor to the right. I think that something like that or any other gesture, like I said, could replace that or can replace that and make it easier for people to use something like that. So as you were mentioning, people that have, you know, dexterity or fine motor skill issues or just can't make it work for whatever reason, or you just don't like a gesture. I've actually changed the one that gives you the voiceover help where you do the four finger double tap. I've actually made that a four finger quadruple tap. So I never do it on accident. So I have to specifically use it in that way. And I rarely ever use that help menu anyway to help me figure out the gestures because I, I pretty much know what I use and what I like. So I wanted to kind of bury it a little bit more and I could have just turned it off completely. You can do that, but I chose to, to make it where it's a four finger you know, quadruple tap so that I have to very specifically want to do that. And then I assign something else to the four finger double tap, which 
good on me. I've already forgotten what I assigned to it, but um, I think it's actually to pop me to the status bar. So instead of trying to feel up there with my finger to find the clock or to find all the other things in the status bar, the battery and all that, I do a four finger double tap and it puts your focus right there in the status bar and then you Mm -hmm. can swipe around to hear the clock or whatever, or do at that point, do your swipe down with three fingers, swipe up with three fingers to do your notifications and, and control panel, all that kind of stuff. And if I'm confusing people, it's okay. You don't have to know all this, but it's, it's sufficient to say that you can go in and customize these things so specifically and, and make it be the experience you want it to be. And I know all the Android fanboys out there are saying, hey, we've had this for a while with TalkBack. I've been able to customize my gestures for a while. Yes, that's true. You have, but Apple has gotten on board. Maybe it is late, yes, but they have, and, and I'm very happy that they have. Um, it's about yeah. time. So the, yeah. to be able to do this, like I said, not just with your touch screen gestures and be able to assign different things, but I like that they did it with keyboard commands, even with your Braille screen input devices. And they've even done something that's even more advanced where there's activities. So kind of like a routine that you would do on an Amazon Echo where you can say, uh, you know, do this voiceover action when I use this particular app. So for instance, if you want to use a different voice, say when you're reading an article in Safari, mm-hmm. as opposed to the voice that you use to just operate your phone, you can actually tell it when I open Safari, change it to this voice at this speed, at this volume for this particular instance, and it will do that. So then going forward, you open Safari, it will change it from whatever voice you use by default to the voice that you've set to work with that app. I like that that's available. I don't know that I'll use it a lot, but I do know that there are people who maybe want to do some more leisurely leisurely reading mm-hmm. uh, and maybe use a different voice for that or have it be at a different speed. And I, I could see where that could be very helpful. Yeah. It, you know, and some people are very picky about the voices more. They want more natural yes. sounding, <laughs> yeah. um, more, you know, of the intonation and that kind of thing. And, you know, I can see if you're reading a book or reading an, a long article uh, of sorts, like, well, my, one of my blogs, cause you know, they're so long um, <laughs> that you might want, you might want something that's a little bit more pleasant um, sounding and that it's more understandable. Cause as you know, um, with your typical say, um, well, with whatever voice or voiceover or whatnot, sometimes it just doesn't pronounce things the right way, or it's, you know, the syllables are just pronounced a little differently. And sometimes you're just left to translate it, um, or just skip it all together and just, oh, I'll figure out what they're saying, you know, in my mind. But I feel there's a lot of folks that do love to have the different voices, um, be it an accent or, or more natural sounding mm, for, for reading. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. <laughs> for reading or for textbooks, um, school books, things of that sort, that it's, it's just, you know, I mean, if you're listening to something that just, you just, you know, auditorily just, you know, makes you want to cringe, then, you know, no, 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 can't. So being able to change voices, uh, speed, um, and one other thing you said, oh, volume, but obviously that's anybody, but, um, to your own, um, to what you are comfortable with, I think that's a big deal. You know, that's a really big deal. We, we have to do auditory for pretty much everything. So we might as well make it a way that is comfortable to our listening pleasure, if you will. Exactly. Now, speaking of auditory, another feature that's been put into iOS 13 that's really not specific to the blind. They talked about this earlier this year at WWDC. 
it's it's something that's more for anybody who again has fine motor skill issues maybe a parkinson's or whatever it is that prevents you from using the screen so if you've changed your gestures and that still is a problem for you uh, being able to use your hands use your fingers and, and be able to perform these gestures you can now actually use what they call voice control you can turn that on in the accessibility settings but you can also just ask siri to turn on voice control and what this does is exactly what it says you can control your entire phone just by using your voice. So there's a little bit of Siri technology in here, a little bit of other technology. It's all on your phone. When you first turn it on, you do have to be connected to the internet in some way because it does download a little bit of information to kind of front load to help it operate. Mm -hmm. But once you've turned it on and you've downloaded that little piece of, of information that you need to make it work, it works from there on without being connected or needing to be connected to the internet. And you can literally say, swipe left, swipe right, scroll up, scroll down, tap that button or tap that. Or if you know what the button is labeled, you can say tap whatever it's called button. For example, I, I was telling you earlier, uh, Maria, that I've tested this using the popular game Dice World. And so I'll be playing pig with somebody. And because in pig, you just hit the, the roll button over and over and over again until you, you know, roll a one and have quote pigged. Um, I would just say tap roll button, tap roll button. Or if I'm on that button, the focus is on that button, you could just say tap that. But you just say tap roll button over and over. And, and then when you want to hold, say tap hold button. So it literally goes by whatever the buttons are labeled. And that's the key if they are labeled. And that mm -hmm. sometimes is a problem, but you can yeah. label them, of course. Um, but uh, yeah, you can swipe up and down the screen if you know what the link or button or whatever it is on the screen, if you know what it is or what it's called, you can tell it to, to get to that by you know telling it to tap it immediately. If you don't know, you can just keep saying swipe, 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 you know, whatever, yeah. and, uh, and get there. You can dictate. Now, that's the thing where I would caution people because if you've got your speaker on, you're not using headphones or a Bluetooth device, and you try to dictate something, the voice control may try to pick up what voiceover is you know, putting back out to you as output, and it sometimes will pick it up. I don't think it's supposed to. There's supposed to be something in there to not do that, but it sometimes does pick up the voiceover voice, so that could be a problem. But otherwise, other than that, I have found this to work really, really well. A lot of people that I know that have tested this out uh, have found that it works very well. And you know, as I said, if you're somebody who has issues you know, with using the gestures on screen or have fine motor skill issues or what have you, this, I think, is a major game changer. Mm. It sounds so interesting. I have not played around with it at all, um, like you have, but it, it sounds like it could come in handy, whether you were having trouble with, you know, finger mobility or not. Um, it, it could come hand in handy in certain situations. I can't think of any off the top of my head, except if the phone's on the other side of the room and I don't feel like <laughs> walking over to it, um, you know, maybe. But um, it's, again, it's just giving another option to make the phone work the best for the consumer, uh, the consumer that has it. Um, you know, that brings me, you know, to another uh, point is the new scrolling feature, uh, yeah. the vertical line scrolling feature in that, you know, I can do the, you know, two finger, you know, draw down um, the screen, start reading the article, and then I get interrupted and it keeps reading and I'm like, no, no, but I don't want it to read the whole article. Sometimes it's, you know, trying to swipe through. Anyway, the point is on this new feature, you can actually scroll so that it can, you can go to 50%, 60%, 
of the article and to start reading there. Um, you know, I guess obviously it's a, a best guess of where you were at, or um, if you're not sure where you're at in the article, like how long is this going to go? And it tells you it's 90%, you know, you're almost done with the article. So I think that that might be kind of a cool feature, um, may, you know, may get in the way. Um, sometimes, you know, if it gets in the way of your reading, but I think there's times where I don't want to read the whole article again. I just want to go back right. maybe a third of the way. So I'm figuring that's probably what that's going to come in handy for. I think it will come in handy. And I have to admit, I dismissed this feature at first because I'm like, okay, I can already use three fingers to swipe up or down to navigate up and down a page. I can use the rotor and go by word or heading or even paragraph or line or whatever. And I can do that stuff using the rotor features. Why do I need this extra scroll bar that's stuck at the bottom of every single page I go to, every screen, every app? It's just in my way. And then I found oh, but when you swipe this to go, say, 50% or whatever the percentage is down the page, and then swipe once to the left, that's when it pops you to that exact spot on the screen that you're looking at. So if you go to 50% or 60%, whatever it is, swipe once left, you are placed exactly at 50% or whatever it is of the page. And so it is a nice, fast way to say, okay, I want to go to the halfway down the article, like you said, and, and get there quickly and know that this is halfway down the page. It may not be exactly where you were or where you wanted to be, but it can get you closer perhaps. And again, it's kind of like the voice control. I was talking about how, you know, and we were saying how this could be for people with fine motor skill issues or Parkinson's or whatever it might be. But I, I'm well aware, as I know you are, Maria, blind people aren't just blind. Sometimes blind people may have other ailments that they are coping with and, and have going on. And so something like voice control isn't maybe blind specific, mm -hmm. but it can be something that people who are blind that have something else going on may actually benefit from. Something like this, however, the scrolling, the vertical scroll, it is something specific for us with voiceover and for the blind because someone with vision isn't going to see this on their screen. However, what I would say about that is it's another tool. I may or may not use it because I've got other ways that I do things. But as you were saying, for someone like yourself who wants to get down the page faster or to a certain percentage, you may find that it's fantastic and it, and it beats everything you've tried before. But the, the point is, is that we have these tools, we have these options, and we mm -hmm. can use them or not, but we know that they're there. Right. And I don't think we mentioned that they have moved the accessibility features in the settings. Absolutely. Great call. I was going to say that at the top of the show, and I, I kind of forgot that because it's easy to forget, but you're absolutely right. They took accessibility from settings out of the general area and put it on the main settings page. So when you go to your settings app and you're swiping down, when you swipe and you hear general, don't double tap. You swipe a few more times and you'll hear accessibility. So it's out there in the forefront for everybody to see, which part of it is, oh, okay, well, it's one screen, you know, uh, more on top, so I don't have to go in the general first. Okay, so what big deal? Or I can ask Siri to take me there. Yeah, there is that. However, what I get out of this is because we're putting that word accessibility in the forefront, I think it's a good thing because even if it doesn't matter to me that it's only one level higher now and I don't have to go in one level and that's fine, that's great, 
people that have vision or people that have low vision or that never knew that their phone had accessibility issues for mm -hmm. all the other things you can do for dexterity, for mobility, for hearing, so many different mm -hmm. you know, things they can do for hearing. Uh, you can lock down apps if you have a small child or even someone you know that maybe you don't want to have them get into certain other apps, use guided access, things like that. So many different accessibility features that people might actually use, even if they aren't blind or they're not deaf or they don't have other disabilities, it still may help them. Maybe the color contrast changes could help them. Maybe, you know, font turning size. on yeah, the font, font sizes size. and speak mm -hmm. screen and all the other things that are there. You know, some of the, some of the hearing type, you know, uh, preferences or settings that are there. Somebody that doesn't technically, you know, consider themselves to be disabled in that way still may find just by playing around in there, hey, this is actually very helpful to me. And having it, I don't want to say buried, but having it under the general area kind of hid it from the general population. And people were aware, you know, this is as good as anybody, Maria, when people say, wait, you've got an iPhone? How, how can you use that? You're blind. You can't use an iPhone. And you have to explain, well, here's voiceover and blah, blah, blah. Well, now, not that people will see it, but again, there's a better chance that they'll see it. And maybe if they take a peek, they'll understand how much more the iPhone can really do for people with disabilities. Absolutely. And as you said, you know, they've, they've unhidden it. We've now made it to the front page, if you will. And I know Hooray! that, yay, we're on the front page. <laughs> Woohoo! Cover, cover, cover. Uh. Um, <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a big deal. Um, it, it makes accessibility important. Not that it was never not important, but it makes it, you know, more important because it's getting more important because accessibility, as you said, is for so many different things. And when people see me using my phone and tapping, tapping, swiping, swiping, you know how we do, um, they're like, how did you know all that was there? And I said, well, one, I didn't because I never needed to use it until I lost my vision. But now when people go into settings like, oh, accessibility, let me just look at that. Because, you know, we, we play around a lot sometimes on our phones just to say, hey, what's new? You know, can I change the font size, contrast, things of that sort? And before I lost my vision, when my vision was getting, was starting to get worse and worse, I needed to have my font like on the largest it was so that literally, you know, someone five feet away could read my text messages because they're that, was that big. But you know, those are things that I think a lot of my, you know, current friends, you know, we're getting to the you know age where, you know, vision does decline a bit. I mean, not like ours, Tim, but decline well, no. as far as they need their little readers and things of that sort. But they also are starting to increase their font size. And that's under accessibility. Um, and so you never know what else, maybe another little gem in there that might be there to help you. But if you have to go deep into the depths of the settings app, you're, you're not going to ever find those things. So um, I think it's great. They've pulled it out, put it up on the front page, on the cover. And so it's going to be very easy for anyone to find it and discover it. Exactly right. Now, the last thing that I want to make sure to mention here with iOS 13 is, again, another thing that's not specific to people that are blind and visually impaired. But I have a feeling people with some vision or people with low vision 
could find this to be useful. And that's the implementation of dark mode. People have been asking for a dark mode feature within you know, the iOS culture for a long time for iPhones and iPads. And they finally have implemented this and implemented it very, very well from what I'm told. I can't see it, of course, but people tell me that it works very well. So people may be familiar with inverting colors or inverting you know, your brightness or contrast and, and being able to do instead of white on black, maybe black on white or different colors and things like that. When I had vision once upon a time, sometimes for me, white text on a black background was a lot easier for me to handle and see because black text on a white background the, the white background was kind of glaring to me and it was difficult to pick out the black text. Even if I had it bold, even if it was larger, that white background was just too much. And sometimes I'd use black, sometimes I'd use other different colors. But what dark mode does is in a smart way, inverts everything and, and changes whites to blacks and, and things like that. But as I said, does it in a smart way because some people might know when you do like invert uh, colors, a graphic or an image it's all fuzzy looking and all distorted and weird and it's hard to see that. And then some things might translate, but some other things don't. And so it's not really a full experience, but with this dark mode where they have, you know, dark versus light mode, I guess, kind of a Jedi mode, I, I guess, I don't know. Um, but uh, you can do dark mode and it will make those whites black or dark and, and really bring out the, the text and the white type things on top so that it's easier on your eyes. And, and I know this is just something that people with sight have just wanted for a long time. Uh, so if you're in a place where you want it to be darker or it's nighttime, they already have night mode where it does kind of dim the hue a little bit as it gets into the, the later evening hours mm -hmm. and makes it kind of a yellower color, you know, so that it's not glaring at you. But mm -hmm. this, a full-on dark mode, to be able to help ease your, your eye strain, I think is fantastic, especially, like I said, for, for people, even if they have low vision. I've used dark mode actually on my Twitter app. Um, it's all um, white text on a black background. And not that I'm actually zooming in and reading it, but it actually helps me to decipher between the tweets, if you will. Um, you know, right. I can just see the difference between each little block of tweets. Now, when it's uh, black on white, it, it's just harder for me to see. Um, again, I'm not reading it. I'm just looking at it close enough to see where one tweet starts, one tweet ends. If I want to zoom in on an on a image or, or tweet itself, or maybe I'm trying to edit something that I've written, um, then I can zoom, 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 you know, have it up to my nose and try and do something about that. But the, um, one of the things I've had people say to me is, wow, I wish we could make your, I wish your blog was white on black. And yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, it's not going to happen. But now... I'm thinking out loud here, um, they could actually make my blog white on black by using dark mode. I don't know. Maybe yes, they could. Yeah, okay. absolutely. Yeah, there it would you do go. that. And it would be similar to your Twitter experience where everywhere they go, whether it's online using Safari or some other browser or any other app, it will be that that dark mode okay. type of feel. So whereas before Apple allowed individual app developers to implement dark mode and they could do that in their in their apps and, and have that. And that's great. There's a lot of apps that have done it for years on their own. But yeah. Apple has finally said, you know what, we're gonna make this easier for everybody. We're going to implement this across the board so that no matter what app you're in, no matter where you are in your phone, if you want dark mode on everywhere, 
now you can. And they had done this already uh, in the Mac you know, space. They'd already done this with the most recent update for Mac and they brought it to iOS. You'll be able to do this on iPhone and on iPad. And like I said, I don't have the vision for this to matter to me mm-hmm. anymore, but when I had vision, I know this would have been something that I would have definitely uh, liked to have in my toolbox. Yeah, I, I like to have the option myself since I do, I am considered more low vision. I'd like to have that option, I, you know, on my CCTV, you know, since that does work for me. Some things I do high contrast, other things I do white on black. So, that, you know, it just, it just depends um, on the font, how big, how small, if it's serif, sensor, you know, a lot of those things that come into play. So I think this will be a fun feature to play around with to see what works best um, for, for you and uh, your vision level or um, if you you do still are still able to read on your phone or iPad or, but if you're not like me, you could, it could, it give you a feel of where things are on the screen um, by, by uh, going in dark mode. So, you know, again, it, it's just going to work differently for different people and like for yourself, some, some folks it won't matter, but it again, another tool, another option, bravo. Yeah, absolutely. Cannot complain with having more tools and options, uh, you know, afforded to us. And, uh, you know, it does really make things pop from what I understand. So it, it can be helpful, but again, may not be for everybody. So that really covers my favorite things coming out of iOS as it pertains to people that are blind and visually impaired. There's so many other great updates. They've really done a, a great job updating things like the mail app and the notes app and, and things like that, that are, that are standard stock apps for Apple. And so I, I encourage people to take a look at those things. Uh, they're not really blind specific as much as just nice features and things that they've done. A lot of other different things that they've done, but, but I wanted to really focus on the things that I felt could be helpful to us in our, our community of blind and visually mm-hmm. impaired people. If you want more in-depth information, of course, you can go to apple.com and take a look and I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Also, you can go to applevis.com. The, the good folks over at Applevis have written up a really nice article detailing all the different changes uh, generally in iOS 13, as well as the things that are specific to the blind and visually impaired. There's some things with Braille uh, in there as well uh, that have been updated. And right now, I think the general consensus is if you're using Braille input at all, maybe wait the 13.1 that'll be coming out about a week after 13. So 13 came out on September 19th. The expectation is that 13.1 will come out maybe just a week later because it's already that uh, far in its progression. And that hopefully will fix some of the things with Braille. But keep an eye on that because if you are a a Braille user uh, with your iPhone or iPad, you may want to wait uh, you know, just a week or so just to see what happens. But otherwise, I've been using the beta for quite a while, not using Braille, and it works really well for me. There's a couple little things here and there, but they're livable, I think. Um, so you don't have to fear updating right away. But if, if you are a little bit nervous, you know, you can hold off and that, that next update will be out very soon. So next up, Maria, I want to talk to you about a story that's kind of been going on, well, for quite a while. It was actually something that came up about three years ago when it was originally filed. The last few months, we've gotten some more information and it's been pushed through the courts, pushed through the courts. And yes, I'm talking about the lawsuit against Domino's Pizza. Now, I bring it up here today because we are nearing the end of September and the Supreme Court in the United States will be reconvening in October for their fall session. We don't know yet if they're going to take this case or not. But if they do, it could have huge ramifications as to the accessibility of websites and apps 
for people who are blind and visually impaired for the accessibility. So let me explain a little bit and then, then I want to get your opinion on this, Maria, because there's a couple different ways that we can look at this uh, whole story. So basically what's happened is Domino's Pizza, like others before them, have been taken to court because their website and their app have not been accessible with screen readers like VoiceOver or TalkBack uh, or even on the PC with, with things like JAWS. And the problem has been not necessarily making the order, placing the order for a pizza, it's getting additional information, maybe nutrition facts or getting a list of all the different options on the menu or being able to access a list of the toppings or being able to access, more importantly for my pocket, uh, online only coupons, which you see all the time, you know, order online and get a, you know, whatever off coupon, you know, use our app and get this for free or whatever it is. Those type of specific things that are on the website, in the app, and they've not been accessible to us as people that are blind and visually impaired. And so they were taken to court. They fought it all the way through the court system, appeal after appeal, because Domino's feels that the money that they would put into this is not worth it. They don't feel that they should have to. They feel that the Americans with Disabilities Act that came out in the early 90s does not cover websites and apps. They feel that they don't have to do this and should not have to. And so they're fighting it to the nth degree in the courts. And they have now petitioned the Supreme Court, the highest court in the land, to hear this case because they do not want to have to you know, implement these changes within their website and their app. The flip side argument is that legally, because this has been found in courts before, and this is the ruling that they are challenging, is that the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA, doesn't specifically cover apps and websites because websites were in their infancy at that time. Apps weren't even a thought. I mean, we had applications, but those were just computer programs. But as far as apps on a, a smart device, we didn't even know what that was at that time. And so their argument is that doesn't cover those things. That just covers our brick and mortar stores. And we're happy to offer Braille menus or large print menus and work with people. And you know, when they come into the store, if they call us on the phone, you know, we'll try to help them. But the website and the app, no, that, that's totally separate. And that isn't covered under the law. Well, the courts have said in the past, actually, it's an extension of the services you offer in your restaurant, in your location, in your store. If I can go into your store and order pizza, or I can go on your website and order pizza or whatever, I should be able to have the same accessibility because it's an extension of what you're already offering in, in your store. And so the courts have said, you have to make it accessible, just like they have with so many other companies that, that have gone down the same route. Mm -hmm. Domino's, however, is saying, nope, we don't agree with that. We want the Supreme Court the rule. So my problem with this, <laughs> outside of the obvious problems, is if the Supreme Court does take this case up, Maria, if they rule for dominoes, that could have a rippling effect, not just in America, but around the world to cause companies to say, oh, well, the Supreme Court said we don't have to make this accessible. So we're not going to. We don't have to. And then we'll have to wait for legislation to, to officially make it happen. If the court says, no, the lower court was correct, you have to do this because it is an extension to services you, you provide in your store, well, then that makes a big deal and ripples around the world because then companies are going to be made to, uh, to have to make things accessible for us, whether they feel it should be or not. So this could really go either way and is about to either go nowhere because the Supreme Court could say, nope, the lower court's ruling was fine. We're not even going to hear this. 
or they take up the case and then it's a bigger, longer fight and that will make me nervous. So all that said, I know I've rambled on about this quite a bit, but I wanted to make sure people had some context to your new kind of both sides. How are you feeling about this, Maria? What, what do you think? What do you think about this one? Well, I get both sides. I, you know, I, I try and look at both sides of so many things in life and, you know, including, you know, the dominoes, you know, situation. And, you know, with me just losing my vision six years ago, you know, none of this stuff would have ever occurred to me before. No. Um, never would have thought about it, nothing. But the more I use apps and websites and that sort of thing since my vision loss, the more I kind of go, whoa, 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 I, I can't figure this app out. I, I can't figure out this website navigation, that kind of a thing. And you are, you're right. So many companies and, and not just Domino's, but so many companies have, you know, bring in, you know, the online coupon, you know, did you get the, did the, did you get the coupon? Is it on your phone? This, that, and the other. And you're like, uh, I don't know because I couldn't get online to get to the coupon. And that's a disadvantage right there. And then they won't, then they won't honor anything um, because you couldn't get to it because it wasn't accessible on their website or their app. Exactly. So then, you know, you're just like, well, I want my 20% off or I want my, you know, buy one, get one, or I want my free toppings, you know, whatever it is. But I understand that it costs a lot of money to say, redo your website um, or re, you know, recode an app, whatever that might be. But don't you think that that would cost a lot less than a lawsuit like this? So, yes. hello, Domino's. So. Yeah, all the <laughs> money that they're putting into this. Because I know, of course, companies like that have on-staff, you know, attorneys and things that are they're in-house that do the everyday kind of law stuff. But for something like this, they would have had to go out and hire specific attorneys to fight this specific case. And so I'm sure that's kind of outside the regular everyday operations of their yeah. company where those attorneys are dealing with those kind of legal things on a daily basis. This is separate. This is different. And yeah, I have to believe, maybe I'm wrong. Somebody can correct me out there if I'm wrong, but I would think that they're putting so much money into this. It would have been a lot easier and probably a lot less expensive to just make the changes, show how you know, good they can make those changes, show how great they can be to do that, put it out there as a PR thing. Hey, look what we yeah. did. That's what yeah. Netflix did a few years back when all of us were you know, up in arms about Daredevil. We're like, really? A TV show about a blind superhero doesn't have audio description? Come on, Netflix, what are you doing? And yeah. immediately, I mean, I think it was not even two days, all of a sudden it was described. They went out yeah. there and got it taken care of. And I think it was kind of in the works, but they had released it without it you know, at first, and that was obviously a mistake. But they remedied that mistake and going forward, they said, you know what, everything we create as original products or original content going forward is going to have audio description. Anything we acquire, we're going to try to get audio description. We'll do our best. That was a PR win for Netflix when they mm -hmm. did that to say, you know what, we're going to put accessibility into our app. We're going to even put in a separate category for shows, movies that are audio described. We're going to make sure to get audio description whenever we can and implement it ourselves. We're going to do this and this is our commitment. And yeah. good on them. And they've had great press from that. Domino's, however, <laughs> yeah. because they're being just so difficult in this fight, putting in so much money to fight this all the way to the Supreme Court. It's, I would think, a PR nightmare. And I can't believe that they're still pushing this. I would have thought, as McDonald's did before them, as so many companies have done before them when taking the court, 
they said, okay, you know what? We'll, we'll do this. We'll take care of it. Because they realized in the long run, it's probably not just the right, you know, accessible moral maybe thing to do, mm-hmm. but it's also the right PR thing to do. Absolutely. I think it's the right PR thing to do. And and let's think about this. As somebody who's blind, visually impaired, we rely a lot on things we can do from our phones and from our computers. A lot of it is delivery services of sorts, pizza, groceries. Oh my gosh. There's so many things, you know, you can get delivered, you know, just in your, your local area. Um, and it's, that's what we do. And so it would behoove them not to make something that's a product that gets delivered. I would think most of the time, you know, not a lot of people just drive over to Dama's pick up pizza. I mean, they do, but most of the time it's been known as a pizza delivery service because um and that's what that's what we do we get things delivered because we can't just run out and get them so because you're a delivery type of service even more so make it easier or more accessible to folks who cannot come to your brick and mortar yeah, millions of customers who can't just hop in a car whenever they want to and come and pick up your pizza. And if they want it delivered, yes, they could call Domino's the old fashioned way. But if we don't have a menu, say, you know, we don't know not just their pizza or pizza toppings, but they have hoagies and sandwiches and, you know, maybe they have chicken wings and they have, you know, what are cheesy breads and you want to ask mm-hmm. them, well, what else do you have? I know I've talked to people that say, oh, I didn't know that restaurant had that because I can't see the menu and nobody ever really told me. And then yeah. I found out one day that they had whatever and I would have ordered mm-hmm. that before if I had known they had it. So yeah. I, yeah. I know that some of that is on us to ask the question or Google it, do the research. You know, you can always find a menu usually online. Yeah. But again, that's the problem. If the menu isn't accessible to us, if it's a bunch of graphics that have pictures of it and, you know, un- inaccessible yeah. text or something that's there with it, that doesn't really help us very much. And no. so calling them on the phone and saying, all right, read me your whole menu and all your specials and all the toppings and what are all your available coupons? They're, they're not going to do that. You've no, got somebody no, no. being paid probably just over at minimum wage, yep. answering those phone calls. They may have good intentions to try to or want to, but it's, it's, I don't think it's a fair expectation on them from us. And I don't know that they should really have to feel like they need to do that, taking up that time. They have other things to do. And I say that knowing full well that as you were talking about with delivery, there are, you know, DoorDash and Uber Eats and Grubhub and all these other apps that we Mm -hmm. use for delivery for food, not just pizza, but a lot of places. I'm shocked sometimes when I look in those apps and I'm like, really, they deliver with this service? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. You know, my right? wife and I have done that several times where we just don't want to go out or we can't go out. Maybe our daughter had, you know, go, went to sleep early or she's not feeling well, or one of us is sick. And we use one of those app services mm-hmm. to get dinner delivered because maybe we're sick and we can't cook that night or whatever the reason is. And they're accessible. I can go in and see the restaurants and see their menus and, and utilize them. Our local grocery store, who is the Kroger company, I know Kroger's not everywhere, although they are everywhere, but they're just named different things, different parts mm-hmm. of the country. But, but the Kroger company uh, here where I live, the Kroger app 
I've used several times to have things delivered. Actually, what I found, because my, my wife, as, as most do, loves to receive flowers, especially mm-hmm. if I have flowers delivered or roses delivered, things like that. As much as she loves that, however, she hates it if I spend ridiculous amounts of money at a florist to, to have them sent. And I, I appreciate that, and, I'm, <laughs> and that's great. And, but I found, because I could go to the local Kroger, and they have beautiful bouquets for 10, 15, 20 bucks instead of you know, 100 and something dollars at your florist. And they're uh-huh. just as beautiful. Well, yeah. for a small fee, for the delivery fee, I found I can go into the app, have flowers <laughs> delivered to my wife, and fantastic. That and is it's awesome. <laughs> so much cheaper than the florist that's going to spend. Yes. You know, I'm going to pay, pay them probably $10 or more in delivery and X amount of dollars in this or that and arrangement fee. And Yeah, plus $55 for an arrangement or a bouquet. Exactly. Yeah, so $150 later, you've got a dozen roses. I can get two or three dozen for 30 bucks at Kroger <laughs> and for a $10 delivery fee, have it delivered. And I've done that for our anniversary. I've had, you know, other favorites of hers sent. We've ordered other things. My, my parents do that. Sometimes they'll pick it up or have it delivered. Yeah. And even though I'm like, okay, I'm paying a fee, but it's still with the fees, you know, $100 cheaper oh, than spending yeah. it somewhere else. Absolutely. But that said, the app is accessible. There are coupons in there that are app-specific coupons. I can easily go into the coupon area, apply the coupon to whatever it is that I'm purchasing that's in my cart. Why can't Domino's do that? I don't understand. It's not that it can't be done. It's that they are choosing not to do it. And I think that's what really bothers me the most. Yeah, I don't know if they're trying to prove a point or or what the deal is. And like you said, it could be Dom, it could be anybody. Um, and it's just they're just they got their heels dug into the sand and they just don't want to budge. And it, it's just it's just it is it's strange. But I'll tell you, they're going to you know, not that the blind community is just like you know there are millions of people who are blind, right? And but they're gonna go to the next pizza chain in order. They're going to go to the next app, you know, or, or Grubhub or whatever, one of those, the menus and and things like that. You brought up Grubhub, DoorDash. Those are all accessible. Come on now, Domino's, you know, make it accessible. And you were saying about calling the pizza, like the old school way, like back in the day, Yes. you know, this, (laughs) the, the the 17 year old, 18 year old kid who's answering the phone does not have time to read you the menu. They're taking orders. And, you know, and that's exactly. what, delivering 30 minutes and all that stuff. They, they, I mean, it's not that they probably wouldn't do it. They just don't have time. It's not built into their, you know, probably their employee manual at all. And that I just, that would, you yeah, know. I'm sure yes. that they're, you're hopefully going to get somebody who's going to have their heart in the right place and try to help you the best they can. But that said, you could get somebody who's having a really bad day that doesn't have the time. They've been rushing and they're crazed and there's people waiting inside the restaurant that need help as well. And they're trying to help you on the phone as well as help those people. And then they may have other duties. I'm not saying not to call and and ask questions because you can and you should if you need to do that. That should be an option. But it goes back to what we were saying before. You should have an option. And if everybody else that can see can use an app or a website, and get you know benefits of that or coupons or be able to read the nutrition facts whatever it is whatever the the purpose is of using it if they can i want to be able to too i'm not saying that we always have to yell and scream and demand for our rights because we're entitled just because mm-hmm. i'm not absolutely not saying that but in cases like this 
where it would be so simple and so many others are already doing it and it really wouldn't, I don't think at least would cost what they think it would cost. It, yeah. you know, to do this, it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Um, so anyway, so we okay. will be keeping an eye on this. As I said, the Supreme Court's going to reconvene soon. So we'll find out if they're going to take this uh, case up or not, or if they're going to kick it back down to the lower court. Either way, whatever happens, stay tuned because in, in the future on Life After Blindness, I will definitely be talking more about this, I am sure, and its mm -hmm. uh, ramifications as it you know, may or may not affect other, you know, other services and, and companies. Yeah. So moving right along, Maria, the last couple of stories I want to talk with you about kind of, in a way, can be combined into one because they're similar services offering a, a similar kind of experience. However, they have completely different business models, or, or do they? And that's kind of what I want to talk about uh, a little bit more here in a moment. But first, I want to talk about the good folks at Be My Eyes. Now, a lot of people have heard me talk about this in the past. I've spoken with Hans Weiberg. He was the creator of Be My Eyes. He's been on the show. Very wonderful to talk to. Has a whole lot of passion about this whole project and, and what it can offer. For people who don't know, Be My Eyes is an app that you can get on iPhone or Android for iOS or Android that will connect you to a volunteer, someone anywhere in the world that will speak the language you speak, because you, you, of course, put in what language you would prefer. It will seek out someone who has flagged that as a possible language that they can speak to you in. And you can get help using the camera on your smartphone, aim it at something. So if you're like, what is this box? Or what is this can? Or who's this letter from? Or whatever it is you might need some general assistance with, you can get connected with a volunteer that will see what your camera sees and help you with that. Fantastic free service, totally free, but they are volunteers. So they're not trained. They're just people that are kind, doing this out of the kindness of their own heart to help people that are blind. And the ratio last time I saw was like three or four to one when it came to volunteers versus blind people using the service. So you're going to find a volunteer very, very quickly when you connect. They have in the past uh, added companies as far as contacts go. So you can contact Microsoft tech support. You can contact Google's tech support. Those I think are pretty big deals for, for Be My Eyes because number one gives them a source of income to continue to offer this to, for, you know, to us for free. But it also allows us, if we have questions about a Microsoft product or a Google product, we can contact them through the Be My Eyes app and get specific help from that company. So yeah, Be My Eyes has done a really great job at bringing on board these companies like Microsoft, like Google, and offering tech support for free right there through the app. And I really like what they've done with these kind of partnerships. But they've also partnered with other companies for help with certain products, Maria. And I find this fascinating because me personally, I don't know how much a person would use this or not. And I'm really interested to find out your opinion because some of these products, well, a couple of them, I'm not really going to be using, I, I have you know, been in the room when one has been used in the past. And these, these partnerships that I'm talking about are between Herbal Essence, Pantene, and Clear Blue. So you can actually bring up the Be My Eyes app and contact the person, say, with the good folks at Pantene and get help with hairstyling or hair products or opinions or recommendations, things like that. Clear Blue, 
I presume you'd call them if maybe you need help with the instructions or have questions about the product. I don't know if they're really going to help you to tell you if it's plus or minus, if you're pregnant or not. And I don't know if you'd really want to call them to ask them that. That's everybody's, you know, got their own thing. That's fine. But I, I presume that's what you're doing is more probably calling them for instructions than anything. So tell me, Maria, are these partnerships as useful as Microsoft and Google or I, I don't, I don't even know where to begin. All right. So besides, you know, Microsoft and Google, which, you know, are huge, huge, huge corporations, um, you can connect with somebody at Pantene to get advice on hair products, to have them read the ingredients of their products and to get advice on different products made by, you know, with the Pantene brand. And now I'm not so sure that I would use that if they just, if I just had no options, I, I was, you know, had no idea what to use on my hair. I had no one around, good girlfriends or family to help me with that. Then yes, I would probably tap that option on Be My Eyes and ask for some help and some advice. And I think that'd be a great thing. Would I, how often would it be used? I don't, I don't really know. I, I, I wouldn't even begin to guess that. The other one they're currently partnered with is Clear Blue, which is a pregnancy test. Now you can contact somebody at Clear Blue and ask them questions. Um, again, with both of us not really sure, but to ask them either instructions, maybe um, what the box says. Again, you pull out the instructions and if I can remember from way back, um, there, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot of instructions and because you want to make sure the test is done accurately, obviously. Um, and if it's not done accurately and correctly, you're, you know, you may get the wrong, you know, answer, um, that you're looking for. It could be a plus and it shows up as a minus, could be a minus and it's really a plus. So obviously you want to get that right. But, um, again, if you have no other options, no family, no close girlfriends, whatever it is, and you just want, you really want specific help on that particular product, then boom, then I guess tap it. Again, how often would it be used? Mm, I don't know. I think that's a very personal, um, a personal process, if you will. Yes, I would and, think so. <laughs> um, you know, and if you if you are, you know, 100% blind, you can't read the instructions, can't see it, you know, it might be difficult to do. You might need to have someone kind of help you out with that. Um, but I think Be My Eyes is onto something though. And I think they're onto an entire world of partnerships with other products and services. Um, I can see it going to maybe like Procter & Gamble type products. Maybe during the holidays, you can call the people at Butterball, you know, like, all day, you know, two days before and all day on Thanksgiving to get turkey cooking and, you know, preparing hints. Why not put that on the Be My Eyes app? So I think they're on to something. I think they're on to a really good idea. I think it's a matter of um, getting more and more and more products and services online to be, you know, supportive uh, type of services through Be My Eyes. Uh, I think, honestly, I think they're on to something. So good for them for reaching out. And if they start with, you know, shampoo and pregnancy tests, <laughs> well, that's what you start with because you have to start somewhere, I guess, right? Yeah, you, you do. I guess somewhere. so. And, you know, maybe the next thing is butterball turkey. So, you know, who knows? But um, I th <laughs> again, I, I think it's a, 
I think someone hit on something and it could, it could be big. That being said, I, I did mention that there are a couple stories that I think are kind of closer relate, related because they're, well, very similar products. And the other one is Ira. So as people know, longtime listeners know, I, I've used Ira on and off for the last several years. You yourself have worked very closely with Ira, doing a lot of things uh, with Ira, uh, as well as being uh, an Ira user. And recently, talking about partnerships, they announced at the conventions this summer that they are partnering with Bose to have the AR frames, the Bose AR frames, the, the sunglasses that Bose put out earlier this year, those now work with Ira. And I think that's fantastic. That's great. And it's a wonderful partnership. And I'm, I'm really curious to see where that goes in the future. If perhaps maybe Bose goes out of their comfort zone and adds a camera or, you know, whatever, I don't know, but I, I am intrigued by, by that partnership and to see what happens going forward. What I feel, though, is kind of the bigger news because it's more recent news, and many people may not be aware of this, that, that this is now a major alternative, but Ira announced in the last, I think it's about the last month or so, that they now have a free tier. It is no longer just a paid service, but as people may or may not know, when you call Ira and talk to an agent, they are trained. These are paid trained agents who uh, have a lot of different tools at their disposal to be able to help you in different situations and help guide you or give you information about whatever it is they see, either using their special glasses that have a camera or the camera on your phone. And so these, these agents, unlike Be My Eyes, they're not volunteers. They are paid, you know, paid trained agents. But now, in addition to being able to pay or, or even separate from paying for one of the service plans where you get a certain amount of minutes that you can use per month and all that, you can call Ira up to five minutes at a time for free, which I know a lot of people in the beginning were like, really? No, this can't be true. This, is, this isn't a real thing. Really? They're not doing this. But yes, they absolutely have made Ira available. The first five minutes of a call is free. So because you've, you, you have such a great working relationship with Ira, Explain this to me, Maria. Explain to the people what this entails. What does this mean when you use this five minutes? Well, what it means is that just what you said, the first five minutes of a call to an agent is free. Now, on the average, a IRA call for everyday tasks is between three and five minutes. So most of things that you might do, just little things around your house or um, you know around your home uh, or out and about, could be just three to five minutes. And the fact that a lot of people wouldn't use Ira for some small task because they want to save all those minutes for when they really need them for that big thing, and most of the time that really big thing never happens and you've saved your minutes for nothing. Right. So to, yeah, to, and I, I was the same way. Um, when I very first started using Ira a couple years ago, oh, I was saving everything, save, 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 because I'm going to need it for that big thing. And that big thing would never happen. So it wasn't until I just started to make those small little calls that I really found the value of Ira for everyday tasks. And that's what they want people to really feel and know and value about Ira is that those small everyday little tasks may be small, but they are big. They are big things. And they wanted to make those small 
tasks and those short calls available to everybody. Now, some people may say, well, how, how do I, how do I do that? And, you know, am I going to have to be charged after the five minutes? Like, how does that work? Well, anybody can download the app and they can be a guest. They do not have to be a uh, explore, meaning somebody who has a paid plan. So you can be a guest and you can tap into Ira anytime you want for five, for those five minute calls. If you are not on a plan already, then when the call is up to that five minutes, the call is over and boom, you're done. But like I said before, most daily tasks on average are between three to five minutes. And I find that to be true with my own usage. Now, if you're on an, a task that it's going to go over five minutes and you are already an IRA Explorer, meaning you are on a paid plan, you'll just continue into your minutes. But that first five minutes is free. So it's, it's a great thing. And hopefully this will also help people to try IRA out with, without any commitment, without any, you know, plant paying for a plan. But I know that the more folks will start using these five minutes, these three minutes, these four minutes or two minutes, they're going to find their SOS tasks that are going to take longer and they're going to see the value in IRA and they, maybe they'll just hop onto a plan. But for now, five minutes actually goes a long way. And I think it's a great move on IRA. I mean, not, not just because I work closely with them, but it's a fantastic move. Yeah, it really is a great move by Ira. This is something that I know they had hoped to do for such a long time. And I know a lot of people were hoping that they would do something like this. They have continued to offer free Ira service in so many different places. The list of airports and you know different businesses, malls, all the Walgreens, I believe now in, in the United mm -hmm. States are, are available with Ira for free. Every time I look in there, it seems like they've added yet another you know company or another airport or whatever it is. Uh, I know that there's a lot of businesses. I remember looking in there in the Chicago area where I have a lot of friends and there's some restaurants and some businesses that have it offered for free. A lot of college campuses, you can get IRA you know, for free and not count against your minutes. And the more partnerships they create with those type of situations, the better. I, I love that they do that because even my local airport, I get notifications every time I, I go near it because it, it, it pops up with my notification knowing that I'm nearby and says, you have now entered you know, this area. You can use mm -hmm. IRA for free, blah, blah, blah. And I love that that's an option that if I'm by myself or even if I am with somebody but I have questions, I can contact an agent who can pull up the airport map. They can take a look, see where I'm at, see what uh, you know, I'm trying to get to or whatever and uh, get me the information or navigate me where I want to go. And even if it's the five minute free call, or if you are paying for the service and, uh, and use it that way for all those minutes, it can be very beneficial. I understand that a lot of people, especially people that are blind and visually impaired, may be on a fixed income and they don't have a lot of disposable income to put towards this. And I get it. And I think Ira gets it too, which is why one of the many reasons why they've offered this five minute option, because they know that people don't always have a lot of money. And if a lot of the calls are less than five minutes, mm -hmm. that really does go a long way to help those people. When you add to it, all these other places that continue to be uh, available for free, using IRA, that's even better. 
And so I would say I love Be My Eyes and what they're doing with volunteers. I love Ira for what it does, having paid trained people to take care of what you need. And I think they both have a purpose. They both have their use cases, and I do like them both. That said, though, I think Ira, with their free five minutes, boy, that, that's really a shot at, at Be My Eyes. But, but that's okay. Competition is healthy, and it's good, and it's nice to be in a situation where we have this type of competition, where we have these options and, and can make that choice. And so uh, I am very happy to see what Ira does going forward. If, if they offer more free services or other partnerships or what they do with, you know, Bose going forward, if, if that becomes a thing, you know, even more. So yeah, I'm very excited about what they're doing here. Options, options, options. We've been talking about that for the last hour or so, all these options and, you know, so grateful for them. So thankful for them. Um, in this day and age for, you know, the blind and visually impaired community. You got it. Who knew? You told me five or 10 years ago that we'd have all these great options, you know, at our disposal, at our fingertips, literally, I, I would have just, I don't know that I would have really believed that at least have it this soon. So yeah, right. it's really great to have all these different options. Well, Maria, as they say, time really does fly because as you mentioned, we have been talking about all these different topics for well more than an hour now. So I think this is probably a good place to just go ahead and wrap it up. We've covered so many different things today between the Domino's pizza lawsuit, uh, going to the Supreme Court and iOS 13, and then of course the services uh, provided to us by Be My Eyes and Ira. And there's so many other things that are going on in the blind and visually impaired community, so many other topics that we can get to in the coming weeks and months. And I'll be happy to have you come back on anytime so we can talk about everything going on, letting people know what's happening, keep them connected to each other as well as what's going on within the community. Because again, like we've been saying this whole hour, it, it is about options. It is about community and just knowing what's going on, empowering ourselves, advocating for ourselves and, uh, and just trying to live, uh, you know, the best life that we can. And so talking about these kind of things I know can be very, very helpful. So I want to thank you very much for joining me this week for the news on life after blindness, Maria, if you could please tell everybody, what you're up to, where they can get more information about you and all that fine, wonderful stuff. Thank you so much, Tim. It is my pleasure to be on your podcast and I look forward to being on many more episodes in the future. So call me anytime. And uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, can mostly, you can mostly find me on um, my blog site, which is girlgoneblind.com. I'm on Facebook at girlgoneblind and on Twitter at girl underscore gone underscore blind. So hit me up. Very good. Yeah, definitely. If uh, anyone out there is wanting to read some fascinating blog posts, some in-depth posts, some passionate blog posts, to be very honest, definitely check out girlgoneblind.com and see all the things that Maria is up to. So again, thank you, Maria. And thanks to all of you out there for taking time to listen to the Life After Blindness podcast. Remember, this is the podcast where we are dedicated to the exploration of an enabled life with blindness. You can get more information about me by going to lifeafterblindness.com. There you can find blogs, podcasts, links to all kinds of different things. Also, check me out on social media at labcast on Twitter and Facebook. And of course, you can email me if you have questions or comments. Please send those to Tim at lifeafterblindness.com. And we will see you again next time as we continue this journey together to find that there truly can be a life after blindness. Take care, everybody. Mm -hmm.